Shadowlands is the movie of the love story between C.S. Lewis and his wife, Joy. And uh, the story of their relationship is quite a sad story, honestly. And that's not a spoiler because that's the story of his life that is depicted in the movie. And it shows the struggle for C.S. Lewis to be able to love with his whole heart his wife when she was undergoing cancer and you know, he was struggling to love knowing that, she, that he will lose her. And so it was a struggle to put together love and suffering. And in one moment in the movie he says, Why love if losing hurt so much? I have no answers anymore. Only the life I have lived. Twice in that life I have been given the choice as a boy and as a man. The boy chose safety. The man chooses suffering. And so as Lewis grew up in his life, he also grew to understand that in this life, love was mixed with suffering. If he was willing to love someone, he had to also decide to suffer and to expose himself, not be safe, but suffer. He realized that this life is really like a shadow land. And that's why the, the name of the movie, that there's no joy without some type of sadness in this life, that there's no hope without some fear in this life. This whole life is a shadow land. It is only a shadow of the life that is to come. And our readings today, all of our readings today, speak about the end of life, but even more so about the life that comes after death. Life in itself, we, could, we can say that is a desire to live. We all have almost like this natural intuition that it cannot be that we live this whole life and then one day we just die. We all have this intuition that there's got to be something more, that this cannot be it. Every single civilization in the history of humanity had a way of dealing with afterlife issues. You know, for the Hebrews, Sheol, that place where the dead would go after their death. You know, for the Greek, also Hades. For the Roman Empire, the place of Orcus. And every single civilization in the history of humanity spoke about life after death. It shows that desire in our hearts to live beyond the darkness of death, beyond the shadows of this life. And when you look at Jesus, he devoted a good amount of his teachings to, to teach us about this life, how to live. He taught us the good life, you know, how to live a good life. We could say that he was a great master of the art of living. But I want to suggest tonight that his most important teachings are not about this life, but for the life to come. That exactly that is what sets him apart as a master. He came to teach us a saving knowledge for this earth, but not of this earth. As we read in the gospel today, Christianity is not just another wisdom for living this life. 
but rather a teaching pointing to a fulfillment in eternity. Jesus revealed to us the secrets of heaven, of life after death, what laid hidden for us before. He came to make that known to us, to reveal those realities. And so God sends us the shadow before we can enjoy the reality. He sends us the shadows so that we can start to understand the realities that are to come after death. This life is a shadow land. The life to come, a reality. So there's a strong bond between both of them, between this life and the life to come. And we know the shadows. We know them pretty well. But how is the reality going to be? How is that reality after death? What has been revealed to us? What can we know? Well, we know that there's a great continuity because we know that there's a, a smooth transition from this life to, to the next life. But we also know that there's a discontinuity, that there's a break, that there's a leap, a jump, things that are new and different. So I'd like to share with you three things that we can say about the life to come in order to be able to understand it better. So open your hearts because I will tell you what can you expect after death? What can you expect after this life? And this, of course, doesn't come from me, but from Revelation. And I think it can be summed up in three main phrases. The first one is, there are some things that will be eliminated. Some things that we know in this life very well, they will be eliminated. They will not be in heaven. The first reading that we just read tonight is very compelling. Seven brothers, the seven Maccabees, and they all decide to give their lives for the God of Israel. They prefer to give their lives for their faith rather than to renounce in the last moment. And so they present their hands, their, their tongues, and they, you know, for, for mutilation and death after everything. And they say, we do this gladly because we know that this suffering is only for a moment. This is only a shadow. This is only temporal. But we are awaiting something more. We are hoping for something else. They knew that there were some things that would be done away with. The book of Revelation says in chapter 21, He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death or mourning, wailing or pain, for the old order has passed away. So we know that there's things that will not be there, that there's something that will be wiped off, not present in the eternal life that God has prepared for us. I mean, think for a moment of what God is preparing for us, a place that is free of all these things that we experience in this life, an anxiety-free place, a death-free place, a suffering-free place. It is amazing to just picture that state of our souls. Just that with this first phrase, it is worth all the sacrifices of this life to attain that life after death. So in the first place, some things will be eliminated. In the second place, 
some things will be transformed. And Jesus speaks about that in the gospel today. Marriage is a preparation in this life for the marriage with God in heaven, we could say. When the love of God will fill our hearts in such a way that we'll need no human mediation, we will be totally filled by the love of God and we will be able to love Him in response with our whole hearts. In a sense, we could say that in heaven we will all be celibate because we will experience the love of God filling every inch of our hearts and our lives with no need of anything else when His love takes over and our love for Him takes over. That is the transformation. So marriage in this life already prepares us to understand that marriage bond with God that will be full, full and, and complete. So there's, like marriage, many other things. All things that are genuine, that are true, that are good in this life will be transformed in some way to be present in heaven and brought to the next level without any stain as we know them in this life. You know, like we were saying just about C.S. Lewis, he knew love, but also stained by suffering. He knew joy, but stained with sadness. And that's how we know in this life. So we know that when things are transformed, they will not have that stain of this world. The shadow will give way to the purity of the reality. Some things will be eliminated. Some things will be transformed. And some things will be completely new, totally new, things that we have not known before. In 1 Corinthians 2, Paul shares with us, I has not seen, ear has not heard, and it has not entered the human heart what God has prepared for those who love him. What a scripture. We have not seen on this earth there's nothing that you have seen on this earth. There's nothing that you have heard of. There's nothing that we have comprehended, understood, or we could ever comprehend that can be compared with what God is preparing for us in heaven, in the life after death. That is amazing to expect that. And I don't know how about you, how do you relate to surprises in your life? I don't like surprises at all. I like to be in control of things, you know, to know what's going to happen, exactly how is it going to be. I like to plan things, and I don't like surprises. But with God, you can expect good surprises, because I fear surprises because I don't know what's going to come up. But with God, you can expect very good surprises. And that's a founded faith. Think of the moment when we came to this earth. We could not open our eyes wide enough to all the surprises that God had for us. Yes, the beauties of creation, but also the love of people and so many things to learn and to understand. And he surprises us in so many amazing ways. And I have experienced that every time that I have God, let God work in my life, he surprised me for the better, always. And so I am willing to, to, to get a surprise from him, you know, to wait for that, for what he's preparing for us, what we have not seen, what we have not heard of, what we cannot understand. 
So let us await the newness of heaven with great excitement. So my desire for all of us tonight is that through this greater knowledge and understanding of the, of the life to come and what Jesus has revealed to us, that we may grow in two ways. In the first place, to grow in our desire for heaven. You know, to grow in our desire for all those things that will not be there. How exciting. To grow in that desire for things that will be transformed and bring, brought to the next level. To grow in our excitement and desire for all the things that God is preparing for us that we don't even know about. Exciting surprises. So I pray that all of us may love and desire more to be there, to make it there, to not spare any sacrifice, any suffering of this life, any effort in this life, to be there, to attain that, what God has prepared for those who love him. But in the second place, I think that this eternal perspective also helps us to live life with more peace. Do not expect more than what we should expect from things of this life. Do not grab on to the shadows of this life. Do not cling on to those things because they are passing. So when we understand this life as a shadow, then we can really enjoy them. Because we will not give them their, our hearts. It is not worth it. We are not settling for them. We can enjoy them in the right way, yes. But knowing that they are shadows of something greater that God is preparing for us. So we must not give them our hearts fully. A great example of that is this um, Italian saint, St. Philip of Neri, who coined the phrase preferisco paradiso in Italian. I prefer par paradise. I prefer paradise. I'm not going to settle for anything of this earth, but I prefer heaven. I prefer life eternal. I prefer paradise. So when things would, good things would come to him, you know, all these opportunities for, you know, meeting people and, and, and f even fame and, and good things, he would say, yes, I can enjoy them in the right perspective, but I prefer paradise. So we can also repeat that phrase in our hearts. Yes, I may enjoy the shadow of this life, but I prefer paradise. The other day I was discussing all these topics with one of you, and we were doing it over coffee, and the coffee was, was quite good. And so when we finished the conversation, he finished his coffee, and he said, man, that was a good shadow. <laughs> so we can enjoy the shadows of this life, but we will not settle for them because we are expecting more. We're expecting what God has prepared for us. So let us not cling to the shadows. And we know that the promise is that one day all shadows will pass away. All shadows will be done away with. The Son of God is the guarantee of that. Not only with his teachings, but also with his own life. Because he died and he rose from the stone. And so he promises to give life to all those who join their souls, their hearts, their spirits to this life-giving spirit. So Jesus is the guarantee. And he even said in the Gospel of Matthew that one day the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of his Father. One day we will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. Because there will be light 
And when there's light, there's no place for shadows. All shadows are wiped off. And it's only light. May we also not spare any sacrifice so that we can make it there. And in that place, in that moment, we will shine in the light of the eternal. <laughs>